Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now, podcasting from the sun-scorched desert southwest, weighing in at a combined total of 340 pounds, Brad Winchester, Tyler McDowell Blanket, are Gimmick Infringement. Welcome everybody to the Gimmick Infringement Podcast. I am Brad Winchester and with me is my tag team partner, Tyler McDowell Blanket. Tyler, I didn't count you down this time. I just started. Also, uh, we were just talking about something that uh, is near and dear to my heart because I just had great floods of childhood nostalgia. Michael Jordan's number 12 jersey. How are you today? <laughs> yeah, you did not count me down at all, Brad. Uh, I'm doing great, though, man. It's it's wonderful to see you as always. You definitely uh, schooled me a bit on the Sam Vincent card. So Brad and I were both, uh, perhaps like you listening or watching, and thank you for being here. Brad and I were both big sports card collectors during our childhood. And so we reached a point now where it's like, man, we, we probably have so many cards around, but what do we what do we do with them? Uh, even though it seems like their their value is depreciating. Brad, you told me about the Sam Vincent card where Michael Jordan is seen in the shot wearing a number 12 Bulls jersey. I knew the dude wore 23 and 45. I had no clue he was in a 12 jersey for a game. Yeah, wild. He is, his jersey was stolen. Uh, we need to get NBA expert Jabari Davis on, on the pod again to talk about this. I'm sure there's insight here that we don't know about. Uh, but but my God, uh, seeing Michael Jordan in a nameless number 12 jersey, just 12 with no name on the back, uh, staggering because we I remember getting the card vividly because we were looking at it going, what is happening here? Back back in the day, it wasn't like we were getting all the nationally broadcast games. You can pretty much find anything now if you want to watch it. Uh, but to get to get those games, we we got them more than probably other people. Uh, if you had WGN in your network, and I think they were pretty much national, you were getting WGN, Bulls games. WGN, yes, and of if, course. If you, and if you got Turner Networks, there's a reason there's so many Braves fans all over the place. Uh, it's because that's the team you would get if you weren't getting other local market games. We got Tigers, we got Brewers, we got um, uh, Twins games all in my neck of the woods. And we also got Pistons and we also got Bulls. For some reason, we never got Timberwolves games. The only thing I can think is they have perpetually sucked. So they just never um, show up on my <laughs> screen. Shout, but, shout out shout out to Ben Anderson, yes. friend of, of GI. Ben, I got your back. I don't know this this Minnesota slander that Brad is, is, is spewing here. 
Okay, you're gonna have a good season. The the yes, now the games are up there now, but like from the the mid eighties to yeah. the the late nineties. Come it's on, rough. now this is pre KG. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, um, yeah, the Pistons were on. I mean, we had Bad Boy Pistons and Jordan era Bulls. Th- those were the games that were showing up in the house. But I just I think about it sometimes, like how spoiled we were to have the the nineties sports teams up in the upper Midwest that we had. Uh, like the sure the Pistons were great and then they weren't and uh, then they they were again and then they weren't uh, and and hopefully we're on an upward trend here um, but we had the Bulls we had uh, a dominant Red Wings team we had the Green Bay Packers winning Super Bowls in the mid 90s my Wolverines were winning national championships there's just there was one year where all of those things seemed to happen and it was an incredible year. I want to say it was 96, 97, uh, where all of my teams just sort of won everything. And it was amazing uh, within a year of itself, maybe not the same season, but within the year of itself. Um, but I remember vividly sitting on the floor, my brother and I, we, so here's the story, Tyler. We would go to church on Sunday. We would either have Sunday school and then go to the service. And after the service, which is the only exciting thing about going to church on Sunday, was going to take some of my allowance money, about half of my allowance dollars to spend on NBA hoops, basketball cards at Ernie's party store uh, down the street from, from where I am. No party stores in Arizona, they're liquor stores, but Ernie's party store uh, was right down the corner and they had a, a bunch of baseball cards and basketball cards in the front. A few years after that, they opened up a, a card shop uh, like very close to my house relatively speaking, nothing was close to my house. It was in the middle of God's nowhere, but like way closer than going into town. So it was like, we would go under an underpass a couple miles from our house and there it would be off the side of the road in this weird spot. But there was the card shop right there. And for some reason in the back, like wholesale candy is very strange. Um, But they had hats. That's where I would get my lids. Uh, That's where I would get jerseys. All that stuff was there at the card shop. It was awesome. Great time to grow up, great time to be alive. But I remember getting that card probably more than a couple of times because they probably were were putting in less Jordan cards and more Sam Vincent cards. Uh, and, and that's just sort of the way it was in those NBA hoops packs. But I remember getting that card going, oh my God, this has got to be worth a million dollars because Michael Jordan's wearing number 12. Turns out it's definitely not, but uh, it was it was really cool and really staggering to see it. I just until a couple of years ago didn't know what the story was behind it. Yeah, I have so many quick thoughts on this. One, I love that for you that that year you had where all of your teams won. Uh, I just have a lot of sadness and misery, and I build <laughs> hope, Brad. I think most recently <laughs> the the Mercury and the Suns mm. were in the finals. What was this like two two years ago now? A year and a half, two years ago. And both ended up losing. So I was like, oh my gosh, like Phoenix is at the epicenter of basketball. And then they they both crumbled. The memory serves the Chicago Sky beat the the Mercury. And then of course Yan, right. and then of course Jan is just absolutely ascended and and clearly put himself as the best player in the world and and thus broke the hearts of every every Suns fan that I know, myself included. But uh yeah, man, like you, there was just so much joy that came with going to the store. After Sunday school, I love that you mentioned that. I certainly have my Sunday school stories too. But you would go to the store. In my case, it was Toys R Us, and nice. you know, having your 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 parent, or in this case, my mom or my dad, 
you know, buy cards for me, whether it be basketball, football, baseball, wrestling. It was just the it was the biggest deal to be able to go to the store to to buy that. And then I don't know about you, Brad, but I didn't even wait till I got home. I started un un or opening up the cards and unwrapping them while I was while I was in the vehicle. I remember specifically my mom would take me to Toys R Us and then we would go out to eat. And I couldn't even wait till we got home. I would start opening the cards while we were eating. So yeah, man, I don't know what the the future holds for their worth, but I have such fond memories and I hope that our investment in our respective action figures, which we can see here, I hope that's going to pay off. You and I were talking before we started recording that uh, as much as we love buying uh, wrestling action figures, you and I truly believe that it's an investment. It's going to pay yes. for, for Freya's freshman year at the University of Michigan. We've established this. <laughs> and I don't know what I'm going to use it for, but hopefully all of these figures that I have will be worth uh, something more one day. In the meantime, I just enjoyed collecting them because they look so cool. Yeah, it's... It, I was... Uh, man, I have such a hard time talking to people when they're like, you bought toys? Yes. And you know why? Because they look cool. It makes you happy. It yeah. makes us happy. Period. I, I'm, I'm sorry I'm not pissing it away on booze. My my bad. I'm not uh, doing it in, in a way to destroy my body because I'm like, I'm so into my bike that I spent $4,000 on new shocks for the front of it. Cool. You have your thing. I have my thing. A sound um, system for your car. A lot of people are yeah, into that. Like, no hate. No hate. Yeah. Like you like what you like. Yeah. I think they look cool. Jess thinks they look stupid. <laughs> Whatever. But, okay. Can I, can I just say one more thing before we transition? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is the perfect transition for that. Jess was gifted a new t-shirt recently. Yes. And I never got to finish the story. Oh, I started to say, remember last you, night we had a fire and she said, I, she came out of the, the bedroom. She was like, I can't think of a more perfect shirt to wear to the fire than this one, which is probably the only place she can wear it. I bought her because I thought she would like it. I don't know why she didn't like it as much as I, I just, I don't understand. Um, the scissor me daddy ass t-shirt, <laughs> the newest claim yes. shirt. And I'm thinking I might actually pull the trigger here. Uh, maybe you'll do it right now while we're on air on the uh, Oh Scissor Me Daddy t-shirt. Oh, that's uh, available now, isn't it? Yes, it is. Because it was just that at the event and now it's 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 posted. Yeah, uh, that one is a little less offensive, I think. <laughs> less airbrush. For, for, for public uh, consumption. Yeah, I think uh, Pro Wrestling Tees is running another sale. A 20% off customer appreciation gimmick. Yeah, I I yeah. Saw that in the inbox. that's why I was like, That's I helpful. should check that. But yeah. it looks like it's it's not on there. It's only the uh, it's the scissor AEW one. So that one, the Ooh. O Scissor Me Daddy one is only available at uh, events still. Okay. But acclaimed um, every Wednesday. That's yes, acclaimed every shirt. Wednesday. That's a cool like shirt it. too. Yeah, the scissors, yeah. Uh, pretty incredible. Thing. But the Scissor Me Daddy ass is available on there. Much. Thank you, Jess, for wearing that. That just makes me so happy. When you told me you pulled the trigger on on buying that shirt, <laughs> I uh, it's one of those where, man, like when you Huge see pop. when you see Billy Gunn or Anthony Bowens or Max Caster wear it on Wednesday, you think, oh my gosh, I need to get, I need to order this tonight. But then, like you said, Brad, you think practically of where am I going to wear this to? Yeah, and, and chances are the room I walk into, one percent chance is going to be an AEW fan, so they're just going to look at me with with uh very suspicious eyes you're not going to wear that to school on a friday i'm not going to wear that to fry's grocery store 
it's it's complicated. But Jess wore it. Yeah. That's all that matters. I'm sure she loves it. She's just acting like she doesn't. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I'm thinking it's an act. It's not an act. She not saying she's insincere. She's one of the most shit. sincere people I know, but in the case of this shirt. Well, now I'm looking at it thinking 20%. I don't know. <laughs> the Lionheart. How about this? Wait, I'm gonna... No, it's the uh, it's the other Jericho. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm looking at this, man. The Danhausen mask is still on there. I feel like Freya would really like that. Um, the, the Halloween shirts this year I thought were pretty dope. Yeah, I like the Swerve in Our Glory one. The Swerve in Our Glory one is amazing. The Sheeta one is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like Kip and, and Penelope. I like the color schemes they went with it. And I really dig the uh, the Dark Order pumpkin. I will always think that's great. The Orange Cassidy crappy ghost costume always pops me. Yeah. Um, and I love his Dan- new shirt as well. The, oh, like, it's so cha- good. Champion above this territory. And it's poorly scribbled in. I love it's. Lo- it's it's Money. perfect. Money. Um, Matt Seidel has a really cool shirt right now, but I, I'm just, unfortunately, I'm not going to be rocking that shirt, um, even though it's a pretty cool shirt. He's a great talent, but I don't know. Nobody's like 10% chance people know who uh, or what AD, AEW is. Uh, 1% chance that people know who Matt Seidel is. So um, this, this Living Legends FTR beanie, though, might be calling my name. We'll see. That's that's pretty, pretty great. I'm not surprised. Well, what is surprising is we haven't gotten to our first questions yet, Tyler. Why don't we start? Why don't you hit me with question one? Let's do it. So speaking of Halloween first, I think we have to mention NXT Halloween Havoc yeah. was this past weekend. Some good in-ring action and some other action. It, it wasn't, to me, it was yeah. kind of a subpar event. Brad, I'm never going to complain about I'm never going to complain about live wrestling on a Saturday. I always get so excited for it for mm-hmm. these events, but um, I think I was more down on it than than some of our friends and, and people I saw on the timeline. That being said, though, we had two women's matches on the show. We had an awesome main event that saw Braun Breaker retain his championship. Yeah. It was really good, really yeah. fun. Also, this past weekend, Wesley, WWE, Wesley, thank that you. Was, that. That match in the main event, I thought were the two best on on the card. I, I although yeah. I really liked, I liked Roxanne and and Cora Jade, but, but or excuse me, Roxanne Perez had, but she Perez has eclipsed like everybody there, and she's twelve. She's the next champ. She she is absolutely the next champ, but maybe not at that place i can see her getting called up before that yeah she was on smackdown a week or yes. two ago right? well so it was cora they were just picking they were picking their uh their i guess their chosen champions to come down to nxt yeah, right to uh fight in the ratings war or just Rhea. fight other people yeah Rhea yeah. was there it was there um listen man like i i like that they did that i think that's cool i would like to see more crossover like that um but i specifically want to see NXT talent wrestling main roster talent the way the ricochet did. And I really like that they're doing that. I think that's great because then you get a chance to showcase these younger talents. And we have to remember like, this was a cool pay-per-view. I, I have no problem with the bean subpar. It's literally their developmental program. So I'm, I'm not mad about it at all. I, I'm a little upset that some of the worst stuff on the card was main roster talent. The the Shotzi segment with Quincy, all of that was so bad. All of it was so bad. 
I don't know. Oh man, the jokes, the we've seen this and we've seen that, but it's like, okay. It's, you know what it felt like to me? It felt like the NXT equivalent of a, an old hell in a cell pay-per-view event where there's only one hell in a cell match. Um, like they tried to make it extreme rules, but it wasn't extreme. It felt like a Vince McMahon extreme rules rather than uh, this year's Triple H Extreme Rules, even though we had our criticisms of that event as well. It just felt like we're going to have all these things that sound like they're going to be a thing on paper, but I didn't really understand the casket match. Like, I didn't understand why. It didn't feel like it needed to be a casket match. Right. It was very drawn out to try to build it. And then Apollo comes out with more druids. It was too Undertaker-y without the Undertaker. Mm. And then... Like Apollo Crews is an amazing talent. The stuff he was doing in the ring for that match, insane. Just yeah. the match was kind of booked stupidly. And then uh, the ambulance match, I didn't care about it at all. Uh, there were some cool spots in that match, but like ultimately, I didn't care about that. Like, do you not know how doors work? Why do you keep sh- letting him shut the door on your hands? Like, <laughs> why did that have to happen like it's three true. or four times? I- I, I will say though, and somehow I, I incorrectly predicted this, uh, but I think Julius Creed is establishing talent, himself as a future. I I don't want to forecast this too early, but it seems like he's going to be a breakout single star at yeah. some point. If, yeah, if he's and, not already. Yeah, and uh, hopefully they keep him and his brother together. They, I, I want them to be. They need tag teams. They do uh, NXT, maybe not, but um, main roster, mm-hmm. like find the OC is back together and the, the good brothers are there. Yeah. The good brothers they, aren't, aren't, they haven't been doing it for me for a while. I'm just not, vacuums. they're just, it's, yeah. Cool to see them pop up again. They're going to have that crown jewel match, but uh, they're not, they're not moving it for me. They, they, if they were allowed to, if they were allowed to show their personalities, the way they did with their event after they got released, uh, I remember I was texting about this. Talking talking shop of mania was a blast. <laughs> it was so terrible. In the backyard. And, you, oh man. You and, Total you and I, you and I back and forth. What am I watching? So many times. Yeah. Uh when I watched it and then when you watched it, uh it, it just <laughs> it didn't make any sense. But their characters were so fun in that match. Uh, mostly because they broke the fourth wall a lot, but like I just love when they were fighting in the boner yard match, and uh, I, I think it was uh, yeah Anderson was on the ground and called Gallows a stiff prick, um, made me chuckle, uh, just stuff like that where they were just over the top, and that's what they need to be instead of like grumbly, just I don't know they look like biker fiends and and honestly Gallows needs to lay off the tanner, like. Good God! He looks like <laughs> roasted chicken. Yeah, you're you're not you're not wrong there, man. Um, no, you laid. I'm so I, I'm just sitting back here, just uh, basking in you talking NXT. This is this is the content I come here. You didn't for, think I was gonna watch, right? Yeah. Davis would say, uh, no, no, I did it. So I'm I'm very happy to hear this. The way you're laying it out leads me to feel a little more optimistic. I think there's just a lot of talented people we saw on this card. As you started out with, Brad, big shout-out to Wesley. That was awesome to see. And then the night concluded with that triple threat we referenced. Ilya Dragunov is so fun. His offense is so unique. Brad, I, I love the um, – symphonies are in now in wrestling. Everyone yes. seems to have a symphony. Yeah. But his 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 symphony 
uh, like entrance along with his work. The the Torpedo Moscow is such a fun finisher. I was really impressed with JD McDonough in this match. He hasn't really been my cup of tea, but I thought he was excellent. And Braun Breaker is really that dude. Best spear. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, I was going to say best spear in the industry. That might be a bit of a hot take, but his spears always deliver. I think the man just shows up in these, these big matches. So, uh, yeah, overall fun show. It wasn't my, my favorite NXT show by any means, and I think it'll be really fascinating to see where NXT goes from here. You remember when they changed the logo a couple of months ago? Yeah. I think you and I were in a few different group chats saying, oh my gosh, NXT is back. We got to add another two hours of programming to watch every week. And it hasn't really been quite that yet. They're in a really interesting place of it. We still get a lot of 2.0 vibes, but now we're getting, like you said, main roster talent coming in, uh, including Dominic Dijakovic, who was teased. So if he's going to show up back on Tuesdays and be the real Dijakovic and not not what he was, I forget the name, T-Bar, like that's going to yes. lead me to, to want to watch this more. So yeah, yeah a lot agreed. of optimism leaving the show, but mm-hmm. some parts definitely didn't hit for me. Yeah, agreed. Uh, again, I try to remind myself that this is, in fact, the developmental brand, and we have a bunch of talent that are either green or learning the WWE system, and they have very particular ways of doing things. And, um, it's, it works like their talent always ends up looking very polished. Uh, it's, it's glaring when they look average and, and that's really saying something. So like Shotzi is taking criticism from people. I mean, myself included where it just simply can't look like that. But then at the same time, it's like, it's, it's a live thing. You're going to slip. You're going to trip. You're going to fall every yeah. once in a while. And we that haven't done happens. this, right? Yeah. We don't know. We're, we're speaking as, as total fans. I was listening to, um, the sessions I was called the oral sessions. I forgot they changed it. Uh, the Darby Allen sessions this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, Darby talked about that, that huge drop off the, I, I don't remember what it was off, but it was a yeah. huge drop. That ladder onto Jeff Hardy, the Swanton. I don't no? know if it was Jeff. I think it was Jay lethal. Oh, and okay. uh, it was in that match. He slipped and was already leaning forward. And that's why he jumped, but he slipped and almost just fell. He's like, if I try to go backwards, I'm going to kill myself. But if I uh, just go, because I already started falling, um, it'll be all right. And that's what he did. But he slipped up there and almost died. And uh, I, I think we we take for granted that these people are jumping full speed onto ropes that are two inches, three inches wide. No, no way they're three inches wide. They're probably two inches wide, hitting it with their feet, pushing their whole body off of it into a contorted flip to do some sort of like, poison rana reverse tornado ddt crazy stuff uh that like okay they're gonna slip sometimes because people run into the corner onto a turnbuckle and they're covered in sweat and now it's all wet and they slip off like i mean what are you gonna do yeah no doubt and then two final points here um speaking of poison rana made me think of some really awesome spanish flies we saw on halloween havoc nathan frazier had this cool uh, reverse Spanish fly oh, that's with right. Carmelo yeah. Hayes onto the ladder. Yeah. That was absolutely nuts. And and totally forgot to mention Mandy Rose. Mm-hmm. Although I knew she was going to win this match, there was no yeah. doubt in my mind. No doubt. I did enjoy the the sort of... The uh, cinematic stuff? C-list horror movie. Yeah, yeah, I did enjoy that seeing Toxic Attraction. And I really like that Mandy, is, that Mandy Rose is getting this really lengthy title reign. I think she's done super well. And Roxanne, hopefully, eventually being the woman to dethrone her, is going to be a huge moment. But that being said, Brad, believe it or not, this was not even my WWE question for no, you. No, and I so wanted I'm, to add one, I did one, oh, yeah, one final thing. I didn't Let's love go. that 
thematic thing. It felt like a, a, really? a less well done Dexter Loomis house because really? they already. I was that. higher on this than you. Okay. Oh, I, what were those things there? Why were they there? It was. Why were those scenes there? It was just NXT 2.0 ridiculousness. I just leaned into it, but I agree with you. What, I, it wasn't good. Like Dexter Loomis having a house full of that stuff made sense. I don't Alba get Fire. why Alba yeah. Fire had it. Alba yeah. Fire having like druid stuff there would have made sense, but there's just some guy in a random like Halloween mask going don't fall weird. in like was what? it good no no there was there was, was no way she was going to win the match either I was I was trying like it was so bad that the seriousness of her being able to whoop that ass was taken away because I was thinking about how bad it was I I the first half of it really good when when uh toxic attraction was taken out but everything else after that I thought was really terrible so anyway um I I mean I didn't hate it setting up the match uh, I just didn't, I, it wasn't for me. Sure. Sure. Fair enough. So continuing on, I'm so glad we got some NXT talk in here. Uh, <laughs> however, yeah. Yeah. However, final note about WWE in the past week, I just simply put on my notes that damage control continues to rule. However, mm. though, Brad, I want to start, or I guess now continue our conversation with my formal WWE question. So the wrestling observer, released a report this week regarding a certain mm. Philip Brooks from mm. Chicago, Illinois. The report stated that CM Punk and All Elite Wrestling might be in negotiation for a buyout of his current contract. If this is true, if you are Triple H, would you mm. bring him to WWE? If I'm Triple H, maybe. If I'm uh, Vince McMahon, no. If I'm Triple H, if it is it going to be good? Uh, if I can have this guy as a part timer um, that only shows up every couple of weeks, use him like Brock Lesnar, um, then then yes. If he's going to be there all the time, then no, because the dude is an absolute locker room cancer. Um, I I wish. I wish that weren't true. I love CM Punk, but like I believed Punk going into the AEW stuff. Did you not believe Punk going into the AEW stuff? I just yeah, big fan here as well. I got the, but, I got the decal on my car. I'm with you. But but now it, it happened again in AEW. Right. It, so it's 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 kind of hard. It's very hard. Yes. To to go like, oh, it's everybody else when yeah. The only common thread here is is him. We all have that friend where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, this job screwed me and this job screwed me and this blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, man, no, after a while, you maybe got to look in the mirror. Maybe we even do that with ourselves sometimes. Like if yeah. certain things keep lining up, maybe I got to reinvest in, in yeah. myself and, and question what I'm doing. I totally agree with you. It's not a good look. And all the reports that we've read indicate and we obviously are big subscribers of, of Fightful as well. A lot of indications seem to be that the talent in AEW are not in favor of bringing punk back whatsoever. Like bringing him back into AEW would do more harm than the potential benefit of him coming back and, and having some of these dream matches. So yeah, Brad, like you said, I wanted to ask you this obviously because of if this is true, how he's leaving AEW, if you're WWE, it seems like that balance between what makes fiscal sense. You're going to probably draw money with punk being back. No question. Yeah. Versus if he's going to hinder the locker room morale, that's 
but obviously the infrastructure of WWE and AEW are very different. So I don't want to continue talking though. This is all for you. Please, please continue. I, I agree with you. This, we are not as high on punk as we were a year ago. That's without question. Now, my hope is that they sort it out and he comes back to AEW. That's where I would like to see him. Really? You think that's yes. possible? I, I don't care. I just want to see him back. Like, this is this is the thing. Like, I think he's a locker room poison based on what we know about what's going on. We don't know everything. We, we see patterns and where there's smoke, there's fire usually. So, uh, and the fire burns, Tyler. And I, I don't know. <laughs> pop myself. Um, I don't know if he would fit in WWE currently. I, I don't know. D- does Triple H make him dye his hair? So there's there's just stuff like there's he's not going to be able to wrestle the way he wrestled in AEW, which is what I think he wants to do is be a professional wrestler and not be a sports entertainer. And uh, I think he wants to have creative control over his own stuff. He's not going to get that in WWE where there are all these writers. I'm sure triple H should give him some level of freedom, but like even, even what he did with the pipe bomb was all scripted. So um, I, I don't know after, Triple H, I know, and, and, and CM Punk had real heat. And I think... Served after, him his release papers at his wedding. Right, that's, a, that's a real story. Yes. Uh, and, I, and I think if, um, if Triple H saw that press conference, and we could assume that he did, or at least somebody told him about it, right? Um, maybe he didn't want to watch it because he was probably like, yep, saw that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what we hear from a lot of talent is saw that coming. The people that are even um, on Punk's side never defended what Punk said. Right. It was, they defended, no, you shouldn't have gone in this locker room afterward. That The defense was people went in there at the wrong time, not, oh, he was wrong in what he's, or he wasn't wrong in what he said. It's like everybody kind of went, yeah, what he said was dumb. He shouldn't have said it. Um, because the complaint was going into business for yourself which is what he was doing when he was complaining about going into business for himself. So um, I, I, I don't get that part at all. That being said, if he goes back to WWE, <coughs> excuse me, I imagine triple H will have some sort of clause put into the contract that if he does anything to hurt the company vocally or at a press conference or something like that, then he's, he's done and there's no buyout. Yeah. You're just gone. Yeah, good, good call, Brad. I forget when uh, it was uh, CM Punk and AJ Lee's wedding. If it was release papers or lawsuit papers, but I remember that being a story. Their their relationship, Punk and and Hunter, that is, seems incredibly complex. And you would think that both would put business ahead of personal yes. feelings, but man, I just what a time we're living in. That a year ago, Punk would even be back in wrestling, and then a year later, we have this absolute saga in front of us. I, I just have a really difficult time envisioning punk returning to AEW programming but if this year tells us anything you really have to expect the unexpected who who knows well keep thinking about punk because i have a question later on in the show for you so my question tyler wwe had another good rating for friday night smackdown they pulled in over 2 million viewers but they were down nearly 13 percent since last week so for this, you are not allowed to justify the numbers based on competition on the air. You cannot cite playoffs. You cannot cite anything. Assume that it exists in a vacuum. Because kind of, uh, there were playoffs the week before too. So um, do you think the numbers were up last week 
because of the Bray Wyatt return promo? Or do you think they were down this week because of last week's Bray Wyatt return promo? Wow. And there's no option C. Both. No. (laughs) Um, Man. I'm going to go with the the first part of what you said last week. Or not this past week, but the week before. Bray Wyatt's debut back on on SmackDown. I think that was just obviously going to do huge numbers for them. Clearly, he has uh, a dedicated fan base on Twitter this past week, Brad. Was it Brandon Thurston? that tweeted Bray Wyatt is the Taylor Swift of professional wrestling. And in terms of the fan base, the fan base is rabid and is going to show up for, for Bray. So I think more so it was the numbers really um, being at a high because it was Wyatt's debut and because we knew that he was advertised. Bray Wyatt is going to speak. We're going to see him. And we haven't seen Wyatt as Wyatt it's right. so long. He's always been very character based. And obviously we're getting a character now, Uncle Howdy and 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 what have you. But yeah, man, that first time with Bray being back, it was gonna do it was gonna give bananas numbers for us. Absolutely. What yeah. say you? Uh yeah, I think it's 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 definitely gonna be the first time back. We want to hear what he has to say. And then they teased it, which is why I was surprised the numbers were down this week. Yeah. Um now I know it was up against some other stuff, and there's Yankees not playing well and there was uh, no i was wondering how you were feeling but oh uh, yeah not not feeling not feeling good not feeling good whatsoever as we speak they are down 3-0 and it's going to take uh, uh an absolute miracle for them to come it's going to say it's game four today or is it tomorrow i think it's today i'm going to check well hopefully hopefully there's a, a game five and then a six and a seven otherwise <laughs> sorry man um like we were talking about being in sports hell um it's absolutely today by the way okay got yeah, it absolutely um, all right cool so yeah i think last week the numbers popped because bray wyatt was back people wanted to see what he had to say people wanted to find out more about what this gimmick is we still really don't know anything about it other than uh there seems to be something in control and we don't really know what that means there was a picture of uncle howdy we assume um, and people were like, I don't know who that is to me. It looked kind of, it looked pretty clearly like Bo Dallas, but, um, I don't know. That could be wrong. It could have just been Bray, um, with, with dye in his hair and stuff. I don't, I don't know what they did there, but, uh, I guess we'll, we'll find out. It's, it's continuously intriguing. I really like that. They implied that Bray's been gone to a mental institution this entire time because they had another QR code. It popped up. And it was just a psychological evaluation sheet. So I'm absolutely in on the storytelling. I don't care about the wrestling. I am here for good storytelling. And Bray Wyatt is a master at good storytelling. I was going to say, this must be right up your alley. Yeah. Not, not that I'm calling you a psychopath, but the whole uh, psychological part and the intrigue and like the QR code with the report. Yes, I love that I, I was I was, again, seeing all that this past week and thinking, man, Brad must be absolutely loving everything happening right now right now they're doing they're they're making their shows like um like ben and jerry's ice cream so you get some ben and jerry's ice cream and you eat a little bit and they always have like stuff in it right like chunks of things like cherries garcia has the cherries and the little chocolate chunks uh fish food has the little chocolate fish uh trying to think of what else but there's always like something that's down in there and it's really well mixed and every once in a while you get another bite and it's like, oh, there's the cookie dough or whatever. I'll just have another bite because you're trying to find the next bite of cookie dough. And then 
soon enough, you realize that you plowed through half of this thing or more trying to find that next bite of cookie dough. Relatable. Yeah. Yeah. And WWE is doing this thing where they're just giving you crumbs here and there. There's a QR code. There's the car wreck in the background. There's somebody standing, staring off in the distance in the back that is during a promo. And it's like, well, what, what the hell is that? A QR code and a microphone, somebody with a thing in the stands, it requires attentive viewing i am there for for just finding out the tidbits around the other storylines so it's super super engaging nobody's done this before and i think it's just it's epic imagine if like imagine if sports pro sports could figure out a way to pull that off where they did something like that throughout like they could do prizes or they could do something in the background like here's this thing coming up or this is how you found out LeBron went to Miami. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> QR codes. Exactly. Oh, I just, yeah. that's funny. Especially for baseball. I think that's been a chronic issue for them is yes, folks are just turning the channel for, for myriad reasons you could argue, but at the top being that it's a lot of people feel it's boring to watch a long baseball game. Well, throw a QR code up instead of having the announcer uh, read it because I mean, you can put in a pitch count all you want. The game's still going to be nine hours long. Like there was that that game that was was a Houston, I think it's like eighteen innings or something. Mm. Like nobody wants to sit through that shit. Nobody like, wants Houston, yeah, cheaters. Well, I, Houston in general, I know that's a sore subject right now. But like the, <laughs> but it's but a very sit, yeah, I got you. Yeah, but sitting through, sitting through it that many innings for that much time with nothing to do, it's just even the the broadcasters start just making stuff up. Yeah, like you turn and the channel. And there's long periods of silence where you just kind of hear the the murmur of the crowd probably going like, man, I have to take a piss, but I don't want to miss this. Um, or what time do you think we should get out of here? Like, should we stay for the whole game? Like all of that stuff, maybe throw stuff in there. And But so anyway, uh, I love what they're doing and they built and built and built and built and Bray came back and all we got was Bray coming back, but we didn't get any more than that. Huge number for that. I thought his promo was the best WWE promo probably of the year uh, or close to it. Man, that Drew KO promo back and forth was, ooh, they had me sold. Yeah. Um, But we're wrestlers in a a wrestling ring, so let's freaking wrestle. Um, Yeah, inject that right into my veins. Mm -hmm. So I there's a lot going on there. I don't think it was down for any reason. I think it was just down. Like the, the intrigue wasn't there anymore. Bray's back. Cool. Uh, but we'll, there's more on that or more related thing on that later on uh, with, with my question for you. Beautiful. Well, Brad, we have the debut of a new segment. Speaking of Bray, Bray being back and this new Bray is here. Uh, new segment for, for us here at GI. It is this week in grad school. Let's jump into it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
Computer Solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Brad, you and I have been given these updates on our, our grad school journeys over the past few weeks and really the past few months, but now we have an official segment. So I'm going to jump in and share with you what this week is looking like for me, and then I want to hear what you are up to with, with, uh, with the Lumberjacks. So, Brad, this week uh, we are learning about micro badges, and I think this is completely up your alley. I sent you the link in case you are listening or viewing and thinking, what in world is he talking about i did not know about this prior to a week ago so micro badges are effectively these um, certifications you can earn online so if you go to csi.cccbadges.org you can see some of what i'm talking about for one of my assignments this past week we had to research how a company or college are using micro badges and not only uh, describe how they're being used, but really analyze and evaluate the effectiveness of it. So the link I sent you, Brad, the link I just shared verbally should take you to this page that is essentially a course catalog that's available through Santa Barbara City College. So shout out to our fans in California. There's this whole menu where you can choose what course you want to take. There is enterprise communication, global trends and human resources, uh, managing to maximize performance, very business centric. But the whole deal is that you can sign up to take these virtual classes. And it also tells you how long it's going to take for you to complete this approximately. So let's say I'm going to sign up for this building high performance teams under the project management badge. Apparently, this is going to take me eight hours. And when I finish it, according to this menu, I'm going to be able to apply key team building skills needed in the workplace, so on and so forth. So I didn't know these were available, Brad. I also didn't know that these are largely free. All you need is a strong Wi-Fi connection and access to LinkedIn or other platforms. You don't even need to be a Santa Barbara student. These are available for, uh, in several different areas in the business and educational settings. Like I said, they're free and apparently they're really becoming a, a player in the market. These originated in 2013 and I'm just fascinated. This week was really fun in school because I did not know that this is uh, micro badges are building a lot of steam. And, and kind of might be the way of the future. So we had our usual discussion post, Brad. What I really enjoy about this class is instead of the old school formulate discussion posts, we have to use Flip. Do you remember Flipgrid? Yes, Amarana? Okay, so now, yeah, now it's now it's been redesigned to just be called Flip. But instead of us doing the usual discussion post, hi, Sally, hope the kids are doing well. Uh, I really enjoyed reading your post. No, we record ourselves on video. Uh, effectively doing the same thing, but it's a recording of us talking instead of typing, which I really, really love. So 
I hope this didn't sound terribly boring. I actually think it's quite interesting. And this, this class I'm taking is emerging, trend, emerging Trends in Learning Design and Technologies. So I think it's really based in, in real world applications. So we're learning about what the field is looking like so that when we graduate, we can sort of enter the field and, and uh, you know, have a, have a well-paying job where we get to utilize these skills for learning. So anyway, I'm going to pause myself there, Brad. I'm sure your week of grad school is much more interesting, but micro badges are a thing. And if you have some time, I, I feel as though you would really get this so uh, as you were talking, I sent it to two different people, one to Jess and uh, the other to uh, my, my uh, father-in-law, stepfather-in-law, Chuck, who is, uh, you know, looking at getting trained for Photoshop and, and refreshing himself because he used to use Photoshop all the time when he was a, a photographer, but we're talking like probably 15 or more years ago, uh, definitely more than that, actually probably like 20 years ago. So Photoshop was very different uh, in terms of capability. Um, so there's just a lot, a lot of tools that are probably on there that he's never used, even though the, the layout of it is actually, it hasn't really changed a lot. Um, they also have there's a lot of supporting LGBTQ students. I don't know if it's yes. from Santa Barbara, if it's from something else I saw, but it's, they have the technical badges, right? But then they also have supporting populations that have either gone underrepresented or, um, you know, haven't had as many advocates in schools as we would like. So educational and business. I'm, I'm so glad you sent it to Chuck. Hopefully, hopefully I got Chuck on board with micro badges. Yeah, I'm looking at this, man. There's stuff on here where I'm like, just why wasn't this here for me? Why didn't I know about this a while ago? You can add it to your LinkedIn after you earn the badge, which looks cool to employers. It's, it's kind of exciting. Yeah, I'm absolutely going to be doing this stuff. So there's there's a whole bunch on here that I'm like, wow, what? this is this is right. This is truly right up my alley. For so free. this yes. So this week uh, in in grad school, now that I'm uh, that I'm doing this and we're doing this together, uh, and we have imaging and sound coming, we are let's see already about six minutes into this, and I'm going to have to make a long ass sound. For, for this particular segment. So I'm glad I'm gonna have the skills to do so soon uh, with with these micro badges. My week, I'm really excited about it. I already started working on all of the stuff, but I didn't wanna be the first one to post because I'm a little worried about it. The second, so technically assignment one is the last assignment I'm going to do uh, for, for this post or for this week, I have three assignments this week and it's the very first unit, very first uh, week of the class. It is uh, content strategy. So it's a content strategy class. It is sort of like why and when and how do you create content for specifically for websites uh, to try to market to your, your base audience? When do you put out advertising, what does that look like? Uh, all of that, I am not allowed to use APA or MLA format. I have a associated press format handbook coming because uh, I don't know what I'm doing with that. It could do Chicago as well, but I'd rather go AP on this. And then um, our textbook, which is content strategy. But uh, essentially our first assignments are look at these different content strategy places, search some content strategy jobs. It's pretty great. It's it's a lot of the stuff that we're working on now. It's stuff that you and I have been working on on the website, how best to set it up and uh, what content can we put there to get people's interest. And 
you know, like what we do with the podcast in general, but more importantly, helping Jess with with Wonder and Wander, which was the goal and, and the idea behind getting this. Also to get certified so that I can teach uh, a Pima class at, at the high school, uh, which I, yay, I, I care less about that at this point than I do about helping uh, helping Jess and helping myself, and helping GI and helping 19. Uh, but great bonus there if, if that comes to fruition, because right now we only have one teacher that can teach uh, the, the people writing class. But I'm really excited about it. It's, uh, let's see, there are a couple of different things on here, but I think most of them, I think most of them are uh, kind of behind the NAU sign-in. Uh, Whirlwind, I think Tech Whirlwind is one of them. And then there's a blog versus article. Uh, okay. There's a discussion thread PNG that uh, my professor, Erica Conrad, awesome, uh, saved from a discussion thread. She was in a content strategy thread in LinkedIn, speaking of LinkedIn, that no longer exists. But it was a, a screenshot of the discussion in there about like, when can you use a blog or why shouldn't you use a blog or where people were just debating the merits of having a blog on your site versus an article on your site. So it's, um, for example, to me, a blog offers more than just factual content. It offers a point of view or personal input. Uh, For instance, there are countless publications offering generic personal finance tips and advice and but personal finance blogs are still blah, blah, blah. Um, But have it incorporated within the rest of your content. But Articles should be expected to be verified, edited, formal, public, and professional, and blogs should be treated as theoretical, provisional, conversational, social, and amateur, at least in the pejorative sense. So I really like that. Like a the example, like a chef cooking for their family in their own kitchen. Um, but I really, really like that, where it's like you could be a professional doing a blog, so it is amateur, even if it's done by a professional, uh, but not in the you are an amateur sense. It's not meant to be taken as a professional publication but other people saying, but it provides the best context. So I really like the the idea here of, of looking at sort of the rhetoric used in all of these areas, which is one of the focuses of the class. And uh, I'm super excited to get into it and uh, hopefully apply it to what we're trying to do around here. Yeah, that's amazing. I love, very quickly, I love that uh, it's not just, okay, create a blog or, or write an article, but it's the cognitive piece of when is it appropriate to use a blog? When is it appropriate? to include an article. That's amazing, Brad. I know you're crushing it. Uh, you shared that with me before we started very humbly. Uh, I, I know you're going to do great things with this. And like you said, the goal is so personal to you of earning this degree, uh, learning this knowledge, and then you know you can bring your talents to wonder and wander and, and support support Jets. Yeah, hopefully. That's, that's the goal, man. It's going to happen. Well, Brad, it is time for the AEW portion of our show. I have a question that I need answered. So I'm going to go ahead and roll right into it. It was a busy week in All Elite Wrestling. On Dynamite, Death Triangle successfully defended their trios titles. There were It was Title Tuesday, right? A lot of titles yes. were on the line. Yeah. Jericho defeated Dalton Castle. Tony Storm versus Hikaru Shida was amazing. Incredible. And match. incredible. And Adam Hangman Page, or I would say that, Hangman Adam Page, suffered a very scary injury during his title match with John Moxley. John Moxley thus ended up winning after the match was called off. We got the setup for MJF versus John Moxley officially at full gear. MJF cut an otherworldly promo, which 
we say about once a month here on yes. the show. Regal so, doesn't get enough credit and, for that. Yeah, too. I was say, and then Regal yeah. retorted with with a, with just dragon fire. Yes. So it was it was uh, it was I thought it was really fun dynamite and rampage also some some high notes as well. But my question here is related to contracts and, <laughs> and business, which I know is of interest to you. So on Friday on Rampage, we saw that yes. Willow Nightingale this is, going. is officially All Elite. She is signed. I know you were beaming. I was ecstatic. Uh, and then also we received the news that during the week that Chris Jericho was signed mm-hmm. or has mm-hmm. been signed to a multi-year extension. I believe it's five years, actually. He'll take on more of a leadership and coaching role, which it seems like he's done unofficially. But now Penn has been put to paper. About two weeks ago, Brad, we learned that John Moxley has been extended. He's been re-signed to uh, seemingly fill a, a role, a very similar role that Jericho is going to be starting. My question here for you, though, with these signings, with these extensions in AEW, who is the next talent that you want to see extended? Um, so Moxley's uh, is a five-year. Chris's uh, Jericho's is a three-year. Oh, it's only and three years. It's only okay. three years. I lumped them together. I mean, how how old is he? You know, like he might have a sting level run. Who knows? Uh, also learned this morning that uh, Billy Gunn is older than The Undertaker. And somehow I, that tweet. I, yes. just, I just somehow I don't understand that because um, that guy is like just <laughs> miraculous physical shape. Um, so anyway, as far as extensions go, uh, pumped pumped willow finally got signed like that needed to happen yesterday and i'm glad it finally took place uh because i think we all love her um man out of out of everybody that's there this is tough that's a really hard question i don't know and there's there's so many people that i would want to see get an extended contract that I don't know what their contract status is already. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have no idea how long orange Cassidy is signed for um, or Darby or, and Darby is just trying to stay relevant, which I, I appreciate by doing all those matches. Um, Cause he's kind of been written out of title scenes and that, and that bums me out. Um, I'm going to say Ricky Starks is the guy that I want to see sign an extension um, he's got way too high of a ceiling to not extend the dude because he's only getting started. So, uh, my, I, I saw some of the reports said that the, the thoughts are that MJF already signed an extension and that he'll be serving more of a leadership role in the locker room, which makes a lot of sense to me. Um, because he's an, he's a day one. So is Ricky. So I give me Ricky. I want to see Ricky Starks get extended on the, on the lady side of things, Statlander. Mm. Mm. Good choice. Who you got? Yeah. Ricky, I, you know, it's easy to say MJF, but like you, I, I kind of feel as though he's probably already signed. Sure. Secretly, yeah. he's been extended. <clears throat> we don't know that for a fact, just speculation. Yeah, Ricky's a great choice, man. I also think of like a powerhouse Hobbs as someone whose ceiling could be yeah. so high. But then you have someone as well, like a Wardlow. You know, this is, this is very tricky. I'm going to say Wardlow for now because I think that he would be tailor he would be tailor made for WWE. Yes. I think that dude has so much more in his bag that we haven't seen yet. I'm still thinking about those Brian Cage highlights, Brad. The were those doing sentons and doing just uh whispers in the wind. Like it's it's wild. So I think 
him staying yeah. in, in AEW would, would be really cool. Women's side of things, Chris is a great choice. Uh, I hope they they keep Jade there. Jade is also someone who I could see being poached by by WWE. I mean, Jade versus Bianca at WrestleMania kind of kind of writes itself. I would love to see Jade sticking around there because I think she has. We've already seen a lot of cool stuff from her, but I think her ceiling also. She's just going to get so much better with time. So I'm going to go yeah. Wardlow and Jade, but I love your picks. I would love to see Jade go. I'd, I'd see her jump ship, but I think in a year or two when she's had more matches under her belt, I don't know if she could hang in the ring with Bianca. I, I don't, I don't know if she'd be able to do a 10 minute match. Cause we haven't seen her do that yet. We really. haven't seen it. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I, but we both agree there that I think she, she has an enormous upside and she's getting better every time we see her in the ring and she just, her character work has gotten infinitely big, better. Uh, Wardlow's a good pick too, but I don't know that Wardlow fits in the WWE. Not not as really? current, not not as he currently is. Physically, charismatically, yes. But what is he that they don't already have? So I just don't think that he has any place. He's Braun Strowman, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's doing the flex and the roar. Yeah. And they even have the same lip to face ratio. So there's just like not a lot of. <laughs> I did not consider that. Admittedly. Yeah, right. Right now, Wardlow is just Goldberg entrance, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then he does the the flex and the raw. Even Goldberg did that. He's just not doing the tongue out and the, nah, nah, thing that Goldberg would do, <laughs> like the lizard thing. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Like, of course, no. I, this always yeah, pops. Yeah, because he would go raw, and then he would like flinch. He'd tweak a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Um, you know, you know. I remember this. Yeah. This very fondly absolutely um i don't know if they'd let him do like the anime wind up into the uh was it the it's not a it's not a forearm it's like a short arm lariat right yeah um, yeah it looks gnarly yeah maybe maybe your pick really is the right one though brad ricky um I ricky ricky really working in wwe oh yes. i could see his ceiling in aew just being huge like give me mjf versus ricky starks at at yeah. double or nothing in, for the title in AEW, I don't know that he has a ceiling. In, in Wardlow and AEW, I don't know that he has a ceiling. Both of those guys in WWE, they're going to be capped. Uh, Ricky will be stuck in the mid card scene forever. Uh, I think so. And uh, and Wardlow might be as well. I don't know. They wouldn't let Wardlow do the crazy stuff he's doing. They'd want him to work big. He would not be doing sentons. He would not be doing flips. He would not be doing any of that stuff. They'd be making him go over the top rope, uh, and they would. Yeah, I just don't see him being the kind of force in there, and they'd probably send him to NXT anyway. So, um, wow, these are these are hot takes, my my dude. I don't know, like I think so. Ward, Wardlow Wardlow in NXT makes more sense than Wardlow on the main roster. Imagine, wow. imagine. Okay, what does Wardlow have right now that Braun Breaker doesn't? Yeah. Besides, yeah, do a- besides a pedigree. Yeah, yeah the the look the the work. The presentation is is quite similar. Yeah. So, and I love Wardlow. I just, I want Wardlow in AEW because he works there. In WWE, they already have giant guys that do stuff. In AEW, much less so. He's perfect there. Like, keep him there and he's world champ. Put him in WWE, he's going to get lost in the sauce, I think. They'll, he's going to get sent right back to AEW is what's going to happen. And then he'll ascend again and, who knows what would happen from there? I just, I don't want to see those AEW original guys go uh, because I, they just make more sense in AEW. They're allowed to be them where I don't think they'll be allowed to be them in WWE. 
Yeah. That being said, our answer is Dan Housen. Make sure yes. Dan Housen yeah. is extended lifetime yeah. contract. We only want him in AEW. You know what? I'm really hopeful for Dan Housen before I ask my question is I hope they bring out that creepy Dan Housen gimmick. He was tweeting about it he's, again, right? He's been teasing it for a while now. Yeah. And I want to see that happen. And like, like have him go on like a losing streak or something. And it just makes him snap. And then he comes out to like just creepy music and like the lights go out. And it's just sort of like an overhead spot as he walks out, I think would be, would be really, really dope. Uh, and have him bring out the jar of teeth and, uh, like make it a no holds bar match and, and Danhausen wins by, by, uh, I don't know, power bombing somebody onto the, the jar of teeth spread out all over the ring. Um, yeah. I give me that. You're ready. Like, yeah. You, you've, you've been thinking about this. I have, I was like, how does it work in AEW? Cause even as a creepy small guy, he's still a small guy, mm-hmm. but like if he does the creepy thing, I think it would work really well. Work. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll figure out a way to make it work. But, uh, I, I want to see it and then have him like next week go like, I do not remember what happened last week. And that's kind of it. Like um, no more very nice. Now it's just time for very evil. And then the next week we see him like that, I think could be really cool and do that every once in a while. as like, uh, we're going to bring out this monster and it's, it's Dan Housen, but it's like, everybody's scared of him. I yeah. think that could be really great. Yeah. I, I love when dudes can be menacing, but don't have yeah. to be giants. I love that. Finn Alistair Finn Balor, Finn, Finn Balor, Balor with the gimmick, Alistair Black. We have several examples of dudes who who can be just juggernauts, but not have to be, you know, six foot five and three hundred pounds. Yes, exactly. So this week, uh, you already set this up. I wrote a lot and and I was like, damn it, you're already you took half in the first question and half in the second question. I'm going first next week. Great <laughs> week of shows with an injury during a title match and pro wrestling maximum theatering to close the show, man, that Moxley having to just fill time, uh, an MGF all time promo and Willow is all elite, but I want to talk about one CM Punk. CM Punk gave us some great moments, matches and feuds in the span of a year that also included an injury prior to his last one. Aside from his first few appearances, CM Punk didn't really do anything for the ratings though. And the quarter hour numbers he was a part of always did pretty well, even if he wasn't in it. While I think it might be true that some people turn into a pay-per-view or a premium live event to see one wrestler like Bray Wyatt or The Rock, my guess is that the bulk of the audience tunes in to see AEW on a a pay-per-view and not just one wrestler. With Wrestling Observer and Fightful Select breaking news about Punk most likely having his contract bought out, how do you measure the success or failure of CM Punk's run in AEW, given that the ratings didn't really change if he was there or not? Yeah, it's, it's a it's an important question by you, Brad. And I don't know that there's one answer alone, but if I were Tony Khan, I would think about the and you alluded to this the gates that they drew. Uh, for for Punk being in the main event, right? So obviously, double or nothing, CM Punk versus Hangman, it was reported that that was the, I think even confirmed, that was the first million dollar gate that AEW has had. And that being, I would say, largely based on on Punk. I mean, obviously it was Hangman, there were other talents obviously throughout the card, but um, I think the money that they, they drew at these shows, merchandise, I'm sure was through the roof. Brad, you remember 
the first 72 hours, CM Punk merch was available on Pro Wrestling Tees. The money was just, I'm sure, flowing in for Tony Khan and company. So that's how I would I would determine it. And frankly, the in-ring work, the stories were really good, if not yeah. great. I know we've kind of soured on Punk over the last couple months, but I think most, if not all of us, were in love with the work he was doing for the past year. The, the first match with Darby, the feud versus Kingston, the feud versus MJF. Yep. We were, even the feud versus Hangman, we were on board with all of this. I mean, the man was the champion, the top male champion in the company before all of this went down. So I, th- I think it was a total, total success. Well, obviously, we're looking at it with a very unique lens now, but absolute success. The money drawn in from Gates, from merch, and frankly, determining if, you're, if your fans were able to sink their teeth into the storylines. To me, that would indicate success. And and we were able to, Brad. Darby, Kings. I mean, it was just banger after banger after banger. Not to steal Seamus's Twitter persona, but I think it was a massive success. And it's just, as we established, incredibly sad if we've seen the end of, of him in AEW. Yeah, what I'm with you. you. I, 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 think, uh, I think the gates go understated here. Um, they've been able to do bigger arenas because of him. They've sold an ungodly amount of merchandise because of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so all the peripheral stuff outside of just the television ratings have been hugely impacted by CM Punk. Um, that, that cannot go understated. Now, as far as having a million dollar, million dollar house, uh, million dollar gate for, for that pay-per-view with, with hangman, um, I, I believe that's the one he was referring yeah, to. In, yeah, double in, in or nothing. Out. Yeah. T-Mobile. Yep. Um, as, aside from that, uh, I think the the fact that they were able to do that without him recently at Arthur Ashe uh, kind of speaks to the strength of the locker room and the strength of the overall product. So I don't know we can just attribute the million dollar houses just to CM Punk. But Punk being back probably attributed to more eyes on the product and a more willingness yes. to go see professional wrestling events. Yes, right. So the long-term impact makes more sense. I personally, I think based on all evidence, again, I it seems like he's not good to have in a locker room. However, uh, he seems really good for business. And I love watching the dude work. He's so good. He tells compelling stories. He's great on the mic. He is super engaging. I want him on my screen. So I'm hoping they can figure this thing out. I don't think they can. I think it's dead. I think this is likely the end of CM Punk's wrestling career. Um, I just, he's not going to impact. They won't be able to pay him. He's not going to go to Japan because I don't think he wants to, but it, it just sucks because AEW is the place it was built for CM Punk. Yeah, like that talk- place is made for him. He was on Tony Khan's initial list of talent. When Tony Khan was forming AEW, Punk was at the top of the list of people he would want to bring in. Yeah, And, and if you're Punk, to, to add on, Brad, if you're Punk and your contract gets bought out, maybe you don't have the desire to work again. If you're going to potentially receive millions of dollars, who's to say you don't just stay at home and, yeah. and, and enjoy that? And he keeps you know? getting injured. So like, he, and the injuries, yes. he may have been, he may have been yes. thinking about it anyway. So, so, many so who knows? Right. Yeah. I, I just, I, I could see him. I feel like he would have been better served uh, at this stage of his career, doing a limited, limited matches and not working full time anyway. For sure. And being a guy that can help with creative and help with all the other stuff. In retrospect, I think they signed him to the wrong contract and gave him the wrong role. 
Um, but he was trying to adopt roles he was not assigned to. And and that's where I think there might've been a disconnect, like him taking it upon himself to be locker room leader. And he's done this before and people just not really having it that have more experience than him, like a Chris Jericho. And um, I'm sure you saw that Chris Jericho liked the tweet uh, that's been all over Twitter. Uh, did you see this? No, not at all. So let me pull it up real quick. Um, Chris Jericho uh, liked a tweet, simply liked a tweet. Uh, and that's all it was, but it was a CM Punk centric um, tweet. Let's see. Chris. It was, it was pro punk or no. No. Um, it was, let's see, latest. I don't know if I'll be able to find it, but it's, yeah, I'm not going to be able to find it, but he liked a tweet um, that was, no, I can't find it. That was essentially saying that um, it's unfortunate that CM Punk came into the company and uh, had everything at his fingertips and managed to get himself ostracized by the entire locker room and uh, ruined his own career. And that's basically it. And he liked it. Um, and people, people are looking out for those, those light tweets. You got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is what it is, man. Like, um, I also don't really care. Uh, he, he liked it. Cool. Didn't like it. Cool. Doesn't really matter. But, um, if, if Jericho is taking on a more of an executive role, I don't know. That seems to confirm that a buyout is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, we I think we've really done our due diligence in covering this. It seems likely who who knows, Brad, as long as both companies keep putting compelling TV in front of us, we're going to watch, we're going to support, we're going to talk about it. It's just really sad that there was so much momentum around his return. And if it does, in fact, end this way, there's just there's no winners. It's it's unfortunate in, in every way. Yeah. Yeah, man. Spe- speaking of unfortunate, Brad, or maybe fortunate. I am still watching Bachelor in Paradise. So it is time for a rose from me, a rose from Paradise. And now for a rose from GI's most eligible bachelor. I do not think I, I said that correctly, Brad. I always get confused. What, what are we... <laughs> It's a rose. I think it's a rose from paradise. It's, and this one is a rose, rose from Paris. Paradise. Instead of a rose, yeah, it's a rose from paradise. It's a rose from one. paradise. Yeah. It's on yeah. the script. Yes, it is. So I'm going to try to make this as concise as humanly possible. Uh, this past week, Brad, we saw Rodney. Instead of Rodney sort of being single and then living his best life on on paradise, he met Eliza, who was part of the new group of women who came in, and they seem to have really clicked. They're pretty adorable, and and we totally support this new relationship. Relationship. Although the new women came in, Brandon is still solely focused on Serene, which we do not blame him for whatsoever. New men came in as well. James, Olu, Tyler, total mid-card talents. They're just they're just dudes. Uh, but what I want to uh, really focus on here is that much like professional wrestling, Brad, two heels were established on this episode. We saw Peter, the pizza guy. I know this means nothing to you, but uh, fans, 
such as Erica Day. Not could, Luigi, not Luigi Primo, right? No, not at all. But okay. but but a total heel as well. Uh, good friend of the show, Erica Day, uh, and I were, were chatting about this this week. She's really uh, kind of um, put me on to some of these people in their background. Pizza Peter, though, he's a guy from the East Coast who owns a pizza joint. He had a, a tried to have a slight fling with Brittany on the show, but it went south quickly. And then he was just being a total jerk. So he was the classic reality show villain. He leaned into it and then he left the show. But the major heel Brad was Michael A. I referenced him I referenced him last week. He is the dude who is a widower. So he was on The Bachelorette and ended up leaving Katie's season because he said the the death of his wife was really weighing on him and he felt like he needed to be with his son instead of on the show. How can you fault the dude for that, right? So he comes on Bachelor in Paradise. And I think you'll appreciate this. I don't think I've ever said this word aloud, but here we go. He came on Paradise. He looked trim. He grew facial hair. So he was giving total zaddy vibes. Have you heard this term before, (laughs) zaddy? Okay, it's a thing. Yeah. Never said it out loud before, but I do know what it means. So he was giving total zaddy vibes to to viewers, seemingly to the, the, the people on the show with him. Right? He was that guy. And so it turns out that he's turned absolutely heel. Last week, I told you that he flipped on Sierra. So him and Sierra had this good thing going. Sierra's 26, he's 38, but she seemed ready to potentially be be a stepmom. So he flipped on her and said, you know what? I feel like we're going too fast. I feel like I always do this thing where I get close to to someone, but then I pull away because I realize I'm not ready and I'm still grieving the death of my wife, so on and so forth. Again, how can you blame the guy, right? But then this new crop of women come to the island. Sierra's gone by this point. She leaves because she is only there for Michael. She's gone. New crop of women come on, Brad. And this woman, Danielle, from the franchise's past. I wasn't hip to her whatsoever. But apparently she has a similar background to Michael. Michael A. In that her a boyfriend uh, from previous years was actually an addict. And she discovered him uh, dead. Right, so, so just really wild, traumatic stuff. So Michael sees Danielle, and it's it's instant love at first sight. I know this sounds vomit-inducing, but instant love at first sight. And Michael is now pursuing a relationship with Danielle. So Bachelor Nation completely flipped on Michael instead of being this, this huge baby face. Total mega heat, Brad. Michael A. Bachelorette, if you Google this, the guy got so much heat over the past week, and rightfully so. He did Sierra dirty. Sierra could do better, though. Um, but now he's just moved on to this other woman, and it looks like he just totally played Sierra. And uh, I think what's been most infuriating is the Bachelor in Paradise d- directors or producers framed the episode so that this would be a kind of redemptive story for Michael A, that we would presumably be rooting for him because now, finally, maybe he's found love when in fact the dude has clearly been manipulative and again just did sierra so so dirty so i think much like a lot of men brad uh i think michael has struggled to communicate he struggled to figure out what exactly he wants i think many of us have been guilty of this in our own lives or maybe even you know still are um so yeah it was just really bad to see him do this and uh, two heels were established one of them is gone and i would not hate at all if michael a is off our screen soon 
that is my update. Hopefully, as I always say, hopefully I've convinced you to watch this week. And uh, I'm glued to it. I'm committed. That's shocking to me. Uh, I did just check a, a quick search in. <laughs> yeah, this dude has heat. heat. Go yeah. away, heat. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The show yeah, didn't realize that. They thought he was going to be a baby face now and we would all root for him. Totally wrong. No bueno. Yeah, that's terrifying. Um, well, what's not terrifying is uh, hopefully the coming week. Tyler, what are you looking forward to this week? I'm looking forward to a lot. We have a couple of evening events at the shoot job. I'm going to be in Queen Creek, Arizona on Tuesday night. So long commute, but uh, they're having the Queen Creek District is having their college and career night. So I'll be there and, and a few other things work wise. But outside of work, the Suns are one in one. Brad, uh, I'm not optimistic about this year, but I know they'll be playing. I'm super stoked that the NBA is back. Speaking of being back, Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix has returned. Did you know this season three is now available? Tyler, I haven't even seen season two yet. Um, Jess was all out on uh on watching more because one of the episodes really freaked her out uh so she's so easily freaked out can't watch horror movies like i could probably get her to watch get out no problem it'll be us that freaks her out she saw nope and it was fine but us will freak her out i think but anyway i digress well i recommend unsolved mysteries the way they're doing it now is three episodes are being released weekly so uh this coming tuesday october 25th we'll get three more episodes the first three were awesome very spooky so i I don't recommend for jess necessarily but if you like me are a fan of mystery and, and and true crime i think this is totally up your alley it's on netflix season three let's go finally usc is at u of a so some college football it is homecoming for u of a i'm hoping our beloved wildcats pull off the upset and White Lotus is returning to HBO season two. This is kind of a murder mystery, Brad. I think I mentioned to mentioned it to you before at some point, but season one was a hit last year. Season two is back. It's at a new hotel, more mystery. I don't think I'm going to have time to watch all of this, Brad, but I'm going to try to at least get to half of it if I'm lucky. And hopefully it's a, it's a good week at the job, good week of class. And of course I look forward to our text conversations about wrestling and and much, much more. What are you looking forward to this week, though? All of that. Hopefully more uh, text conversations than lately. Uh, Really, really pumped the brakes this past week. Trying to, like, I put my phone away yesterday, which was really nice. It's healthy. Um, Yeah, well, it's healthy if you do things that are productive. I did not. I felt like, I felt miserable yesterday. Uh, I've been, I've been fighting off something for, for about a, about four or five days now. Uh, where I've just felt off. Um, and then it turns out this morning we got, uh, Freya has been sick and she has just tested positive for COVID. So um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I was probably fighting off COVID, but it doesn't feel like COVID. It felt like something else. So my guess is that my, my COVID uh, excitement will be starting tomorrow um, more than anything else. Cause I haven't been hit with the weird body feelings so I'm, I'm, I'm really focused on taking care of myself here. Um, but what I'm looking forward to this week is getting my damn textbook. Um, I don't have my book yet. And the first assignment that we talked about in this week in grad school is read chapters one through six. It's not coming until tomorrow. So I can't do like any of my work until I have it. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little, a little worried about time, but if I have to stay home, then I'm going to be less worried about time. 
uh, and more worried about getting healthy. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to kind of a lot of things. Hopefully the pumpkin patch at the end of the week, if we're all healthy, um, cause we didn't do that yet. We did apple annies, but not the pumpkin patch. Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, just spending time with Freya, um, and getting ready for the holiday that, that starts ne- this coming weekend into Monday. Uh, really excited about it. Can't believe we're already in the holiday season. It's already here. It's nuts. Um, but 74 degrees outside. And that was the next thing. I'm looking forward to later this week where we have a low of 49. I believe it's Thursday. We will hit a low of 39 and a high of 70 something. For those of you that don't live in Arizona and haven't been in Arizona, you don't understand the mood swings that Arizona goes through. This time of year is like incredible afternoon weather, but it's still air on in the car on the way to work and uh, heat on in the morning or on the way to work and then air on on the way home. Uh, unless you come home late at night, I know you said you have some events, so I imagine it'll be a little later. Uh, if the sun goes down, it'll be chilly. But if the sun's up, it'll be too hot to wear the hoodie that you packed. Um, <laughs> yeah, you put the hoodie in the backpack. Right? Yes, we've all been there. Yeah, it's uh, there's there's no there's no real balance at all. It's just giant wild swings. Uh, but I'm here for it. We had a fire last night. I plan on uh, I plan on having a uh, I plan on having a fire again this week. We still have some more wood to burn. And, uh, it was beautiful last night. Um, but, but more than anything, I'm just looking forward to positive things in the future and hopefully not having another migraine because Friday was rough. Um, it was this thing. I didn't really tell you about it. I don't think, but I made a, I made sub plans or I, I got a sub and then I canceled it. And then I, I was like, no, I can't do it. At 6.29, I sent in the sub request and I was like, oh, maybe I should cancel. And at that point, it was too late. I even called the school to uncancel it and nobody picked up. So I was like, I'm taking it as a sign and I'll just stay home. But I couldn't decide. And then later on, my meds kicked in and I was like, yeah, I shouldn't drive. Um, so so it worked out, I guess. But uh, yeah, man, um, I'm looking forward to a healthier week. Fingers crossed that uh i avoid the uh the big covid yeah hopefully it's only up from here well brad also we have peel cast it's an ongoing series that you and i created episode two is releasing this week so last week we focused on get out and religion this week we are starting with us i believe and uh brad did you want to i I know you're so eager you you can i just give you a huge shout out the art and the logistics that you put together to make these episodes run is amazing and i hope our listeners and viewers will give it a shot you want to quickly plug that and then we'll get out of here uh sure yeah peel peelcast has been a, uh, a passion project for us i've really enjoyed doing it and tyler uh you and i had a great conversation with jabari it was extended it was a couple hours long so we thought it appropriate to break it up into a few parts if you haven't seen uh all of peel's work you don't have to if you've seen nope or if you've seen us or if you've seen get out uh you can watch those our our final thoughts are in the last episode about peel's legacy and what we hope going forward and uh some some other thoughts so you can you can watch it at your leisure you do not have to watch the films to also appreciate it maybe you you haven't seen any of them and you are like well i'm kind of interested in to know why this dude's so popular and why the movies are so big watch it um 
watch it, listen to it. It's available now at uh, as the Peelcast, its own separate podcast. It's also available uh, on our GI streams. It is also available uh, on the 19 Media channel as Peelcast and also in the GI channel or in the GI playlist. So they both have separate playlists. It's available in the 19 Media channel, separate podcast streams, available in the GI feed as well. Uh, now available pretty much everywhere. I, it might not be on Apple right now, but most people are probably using uh, the standard ones. We recommend Good Pods. If you haven't checked out Good Pods, we we push it a lot because they are our premier partners. Good Pods is really cool. If you listen to something on there and your friends are on there, you can see what they're listening to uh, as well and then get podcast recommendations that way. So um, it's a really cool platform to kind of discover new stuff. If you're like, I'm looking for a new podcast, go there. It makes the most sense. Apple's always going to be there as Apple and lots of things will be available, but Good Pods is really cool because you get to see what other people are. It's sort of a social network for podcasting. Um, they compare themselves to Goodreads. So, yeah, um, I was, I was going to say, it just dawned on me when one of the founders said that at the Twitter spaces they held this past week was, oh yeah, it's in the name. It's, it's, it's Goodreads for, for podcasts. Well yeah, said. Right. Yeah. So uh, check it out. It would really help us really, really help us if you share it, if you listen to it, uh, download it, rate it, view it, do all of those things. Listen, mute the YouTube and try to sync it with your audio. That's fine. And then you can do both at the same time. Uh, the more people that get eyeballs on it, the better for us uh, for future projects. So uh, it would help all of us greatly. And we would really appreciate it. Well said. Brad is at Winduster. I am at Tyler J. McDowell. We are at GIPod19. Thank you so, so much for being here. Please do all the things Brad said, and we hope you'll join us for the next episode of GI. Gimmick Infringement is a part of 19 Media Group. You can listen to us on Good Pods, our premier partners, and Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you find podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube via the 19 Media Group channel. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share.